Hi everybody, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. Today's episode is entitled Dark Brandon Strikes Again and this is going to be about Joe Biden getting the uh, deal to avoid the, the debt ceiling crisis. This will be the last episode I do on current news for a while as I want to return to issues that have a little more depth and long-term resonance. But this one is really important, as I mentioned last episode, because the consequences of a default could have been hugely catastrophic and really negatively impacted the course of history because I think they would have helped Trump come back to power, which could have been you know, the end of democracy in America and many, many bad things for the world. So I, you know, so I want to talk about a little bit about this deal and what it means. The bottom line is that Biden completely owned the Republicans and delivered a huge win for the American people. Now, it's not being covered like this in most of the media, and that's why this podcast exists, right? To cut through the bullshit, to cut through the horse race, you know, oh, Kevin showed that he could do blah, 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 blah. You know, I want to analyze the key facts. So let's start with the basics, right? Many in the media say this was a win for McCarthy as well as as Biden, although I'll give them credit. They're putting the emphasis on probably bigger win for Biden. And look, again, that's bullshit. I will, you know, given the old absolute low bar of Kevin McCarthy being able to deliver anything, yes, he passed that. But... And I'll give him credit for that, right? He he got a deal that's a decent deal for the American people. He got the votes, although, again, most of the votes were Democratic votes, right? So that's, you know, let's not forget that. Most of the votes here to pass this were Democratic. But I'll give him that he, he got a deal and he got it over the finish line. I'll give him that basic credit of, like, minimum governing. But he didn't get a win. It's not a win, right? And, and how do I know that? Well, there's some, there's some objective ways to analyze this. The way to evaluate whether McCarthy actually won anything was to see, did he gain anything relative to the baseline, which is passing a clean debt ceiling deal like the Dem- Democrats do all the time? So, right, so he had the option. He could pass a clean debt ceiling deal, not, you know, threaten to default on the, 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 the debt and send the economy into a tailspin. Then when the budget process came around in September, he could say, hey, we control the House of Representatives. We want some concessions on the budget. That could have been, that would have been the normal way to do things. Instead, he said, we have to negotiate on the debt ceiling. I'm going to threaten to, you know, default on, you know, the debt. And so did he get anything for that threat? Did he get anything that he wouldn't have gotten through regular procedure? And the reality is, not only did he not get anything extra, but he actually gave up all of his leverage for the rest of Biden's first term. And I want to be clear here, too. I think Biden's going to not only win a re-election, but I think we're going to win back the House next year, which means that's going to be the end of McCarthy's reign. So this was it. This was the, all the leverage he had to get some extra concessions, and he got nothing. 
He got fucking nothing. Because again, remember, the GOP had control of House of Representatives and they were going to get some wins on the budget regardless of this whole, you know, kabuki theater over the debt ceiling. Now, wins for them, of course, horrible policy and stupid, but it's stuff that these fascist idiots want and, you know, they, they include them in the win column. And they got some of that. They got some spending caps. They got some small cuts to the IRS budget. And again, just remember the stupidity here. Cuts to the IRS budget make the deficit worse, right? So the, the people who want to cut spending want to make it so the tax cheats can get, you know, can get away with more. The reason this doesn't have that big of an effect is we passed 10 years of spending. So they can shave off some, you know, in some hypothetical time, eight years from now, they can probably get that back. That's why Biden gave it in. It was it was really a kind of smoke and mirrors thing. They also got some minor work requirements on food stamps, which again, stupid, bad policy. But this is peanut shit, right? They could have gotten all of that and perhaps even more in a budget negotiation in September. So they got jack shit, okay? What did they give up? They took the debt ceiling off the table until 2025 and also likely averted any government shutdowns in the next two years. So all the destructive leverage they had to tank the economy, which Biden would really want to avoid because that will you know, tank his reelection, that's gone. So again, McCarthy got less than nothing. He has no leverage left. And my prediction is he's not going to be fucking speaker in 2025. So in a rare moment of candor, McCarthy told the media that Biden was very smart, professional, and tough. Now, remember, that's a hard narrative to keep when your old narrative, he's old and senile and can't do anything. So now he's smart, tough, and professional, but he's also old and senile. Now, just showing how pitiful Republicans are, Nancy Mace, this tool who pretends to be a moderate from South Carolina, said the GOP got owned by a guy who can't find his pants. So let that sink in. This is a GOP representative saying, we got owned by a guy who can't find his pants. So what does that say about you? What does that say about you and your party if you got owned by a guy who can't find his pants? So again, Republicans just pitiful on top of pitiful. With respect to Biden, he looks skilled, Patient, cool, and presidential. The main thing that could derail, derail his second term was economic troubles, and that could still happen, but he just took a lot of that off the table with this deal. The economic calamities that the Republicans can inflict on him is done for the rest of his term. That's huge. Of course, there's tons of bad stuff that can happen, but that's, you know, that's always, and those are shocks that Republicans largely won't have anything to do with. So he removed a key obstacle to his reelection and showed again that he's a master negotiator and deal maker, in contrast to the former guy who was a horrible deal maker and also a traitor. So overall, this is a huge, huge win. Huge win. And I'm shocked. I really am. I mean, I'm shocked that Biden pulled this off. And it kind of seemed easy. Like everyone was sweating. Oh, my God. And even me, I was, you know, you can tell by my last episode, I was like, this is dangerous. And here we are, signed, sealed, and delivered. Dark Brandon strikes again. So after the break, 
I'll muse a little on how all of this came to pass. Okay, so the main question to ponder here is why did McCarthy give up all this leverage? How did Biden roll the GOP so completely? The bottom line, I'm just going to say it out loud, is we don't know. And we may never know. You know, we may never know what went on in that room between Biden and McCarthy and how this happened. It's really inexplicable in a lot of ways. And a lot of very smart people, people who are you know, much more deeper in politics and the weeds than I am, are scratching their heads. Because this is really an incredible victory that he pulled off relatively easily. Again, the concessions that he gave up were nothing. Again, you know, based on the baseline of what he was going to have to give up in the normal budget negotiations, he gave up nothing. In fact, he gained. So here are some hypotheses. I'm just going to kind of throw some things out here. The business community and rich people really didn't want to default. And at the end of the day, the GOP, as I've said, is a white grievance cult in the service of plutocracy. But that service of plutocracy is the key, right? The people who pay their bills, pay the GOP's bills, the rich billionaire white supremacist fucktards who are the backbone of the GOP, they wanted a deal even if the GOP cult base didn't, right? And as much as the GOP has gone off the rails on economics, you know, see Ron, you know, meatball Ron DeSantis' war on Disney, they are still beholden to the rich, and ultimately the rich call the shots in the GOP. Not as much as they used to, but ultimately they call the shots, right? And so if I was to just take a guess, that's what was going on. Rich Big mega donors were saying, if you blow up the fucking economy, we're done with you. That would be my number one guess. That would show why McCarthy folded. Also, the GOP doesn't care much about policy anymore. It's grievance and resentment pretty much all the time, right? Still, they've just made Biden's re-election a lot easier, and that's just hard to square with reality. And they know it. They made his re-election a lot easier. So maybe on some deeper psychological level, they know Trump is going to be the nominee again, and maybe they know they're going to lose, so they're just not bothering anymore. They're like, hey, let's just make keep our plutocrats happy. We'll lose again next year, and then we'll rebuild. But at least the rich people will still be happy, and they'll, you know, they'll keep funding us. You know, it's hard to square all of this, but who knows? You know, it's also possible that Biden made it clear to McCarthy that he had options to avoid default. And he would use them if need be. I'm not sure this happened, but this could have made McCarthy believe that his leverage was much more limited than it appeared. But look, at the end of the day, we have to give credit to Biden and acknowledge what a smooth operator he is. The man has skills. Turns out being in politics for nearly half a century has benefits. 
and that with age comes wisdom. Not always. You have sociopathic traders like Trump who seem to get stupider and crazier by the day. But for smart, good people like Biden, with age often comes wisdom. And definitely it has in his case. And we all are much better for it. So I'll come back with the antidote right after the break. Excuse me, take a few minutes to mellow out. Big Addict Kane is on the mic, and I'ma tell about a minimum limp of rhymes with strength and power. So listen to the man of the hour. Flow and go to a slow tempo, and you know, sing ho, swing low, then yo, the show will go on as I perform. Transforming on stage like a Decepticon. But I'm not animated like a cartoon, I'm for real, shooting lyrics like a harpoon. Across the crowd, the listeners and spectators So let's groove with the smooth operator Just, just, just so Okay, so for the antidote, it's going to be short and sweet I'm going to double down on my antidote from last week We should all thank our lucky stars that Joe Biden is president Not just be like, okay, he's alright, he's kind of boring, but he's alright But be thankful, be grateful that he is president of the United States. He is exceeding expectations in almost all dimensions. I urge you to back his re-election with enthusiasm. He is the fucking man. And we need him to crush MAGA fascism next year. So with that, everybody, I hope you enjoy the rest of the week. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and, and colleagues. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. Rate it and share it. And stay safe. Have a great start to the summer. Take care.